Good morning. It is Tuesday, May 2nd. And you know what Justin Timberlake say, says, it's got to be May. <laughs> um, thank you guys for your patience. Yesterday, I had a, uh, a day with a teenager who had attended Sunday night, went to the Taylor Swift concert. Um, then we wound up uh, uh, going to um, Waffle House. So for all you Southern folks, you know about Waffle House and how fun that is uh, after a concert at 1 a.m. So uh, there would literally was one cook and one waitress, and they were taking the order from the table and then cooking it. So it, you know, it took a good hour or so. Um, but I was a little bit crazy. Uh, wanted to start off with some things that I've posted in the private Facebook group. If you're not part of the private Facebook group, look at the link tree. There's a link down below. And below my picture, the kind of caption on the link tree, there is a Facebook icon, all of the social icons up there. Join the Facebook uh, private group. It's in there. That's typically where I post. Uh, and I know a couple of people have said, well, I don't pay Facebook. I also have Instagram. I also have Twitter. Uh, if you are against social media, I do have an email address that is listed up there. You can email me directly. Uh, and I am starting a newsletter. I promise I'm just lazy. But it's all up there. You can see it. It's all up there. Um, the specific, if you want to watch the charts, if you're listening on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts or any of the other podcasts, you can just go to YouTube and you'll see a video of it. Uh, I show all the charts. Uh, it's on TrendSpider. Uh, and if you like the charts and you want to try out TrendSpider, there's a seven-day free trial. You get 25% off with the code DSP25, um, and you can use it to at your discretion. So when I do go out to a Taylor Swift concert, you do not need to listen to my podcast. My podcasts are just ideas. 90% of my ideas come from TrendSpider and the algorithm and scans. Uh, I give you my, all my algorithms, a four-hour algorithm, the 65-minute algorithm. I give you my scans that I use daily to look for stock ideas. Um, and I give you the, the watch list that I have, the core portfolio, all the Vanguard indexes, all of the triple-levered ETFs, which we had a ton of cross-ups on. So, um, But none of that would make you as much money as Pepe coin. PP, Pepe, I have no idea how you say it. I'm showing it from uh, coinmarketcap.com, you can see. This has been a crazy coin. Had you bought it here back in April, April 18th, April 20th, somewhere in that neighborhood, it is not even worth one cent. Um, and it's still not worth one cent. But $3,000 into Pepe coin uh, around the 20th of April is worth almost $3 million today. Uh, it is absolutely 100% a worthless coin. What is Pepe? Read this description. It is a deflation, deflate, deflationary meme coin. The cryptocurrency was created as a tribute, tribute to Pepe the Frog, internet meme. Uh, basically, this guy created it. Uh, I don't think that he can sell it. It's got a, a, a volume. A 24-hour trading volume of $440 million. Uh, supply of 40, 420. I don't even know what that is. It's above trillion. I have no idea what it is. But it is absolutely 100% worthless, but has made people a lot of money. So Pepe coin. Uh, I figured I'd bring that up. Uh, I will go into a couple of things, but I wanted to update you. Where does our SPY chart look? Because if you remember last week, I was saying TrendSpider, we have this um, descending wedge and we have this ascending wedge. Are we in a bull market or are we just in one of these bounces? This is a weekly chart of SPY. Uh, could we be, just be in one of these bounces? Well, I, I've said throughout this year from December uh, all the way up to today, I think we're in a trading range and, and it's clear 420 seems to be the, the top of the trading range, and the bottom of the trading range seems to be about 385. Um, and you can see that that ascending wedge has a support line right there at about 387 or so. Uh, we do have confirmation. We're going up. If you run the four-hour algorithm on SPY, uh, it just gave you a buy-in yesterday's, uh, yesterday's morning candle at 415. 
So we could be going up. Um, again, nobody really knows. Anybody that tells you absolutely we know where we're going, they're just lying. Nobody knows. Um, the debt ceiling, you know, Janet Yellen said, hey, we're going to hit the debt ceiling sooner. So the president finally took a freaking meeting. Um, I don't, personal opinion and totally personal opinion. My, my politics are completely middle of the road. I do not think that the Republican deal that they passed in the House is out of the ordinary, crazy, um, side wing. I think it's very common sense. I don't like the politics that they play around it, but I also don't think that that's a bad bill. And if the Senate were to just pass that, your boy would be personally uh, very happy. Um, but I think there's a lot of politics around that. And the other question is, if they pass that, uh, would they get anything else in the future passed? Because now the Republicans know that they're willing to negotiate, blah, blah, blah. So it's all just a political shell game. I hate the fact that we're playing chicken. I hate our elected officials that do this. Um, they should not be allowed to do this. This should be illegal. Term limits are absolutely 100% on my list of things that should happen, but oh well. But if you look at SPY and what the market's going to do, here's the thing that you're going to do. We're going to play chicken all the way up to Jill June. Uh, most likely, they will pass the debt ceiling and they will increase it. Remember, this is money that's already been spent. It's not money that is approved in the future. So this is 100% just money that's been spent. Um, so I think SPY, with the weekly that we looked at um, just before, uh, in my mind, you're, you're bumping up against that 420. Would I buy it 415? I probably wouldn't. Am I trimming here? No, because we still have confirmation. Uh, so there's my take on the overall market. I think we're in a good place. I'm not necessarily making a lot of moves as far as selling, but I'm also not making a lot of moves as to long-term buying. We're in this kind of uh, just range. And, and again, tomorrow, we're going to get a quarter point rate increase. It's going to mean nothing because most, more than likely, we're going to start cutting later this year. And that's where you'll start to see the market really take off. And that's where the market is really anticipating, hey, they're going to start cutting and things will get better and blah, blah, blah. And maybe we go into a recession, but most likely it's a short recession. Uh, let's talk about FRC. FRC is dead. Uh, and my apologies to everybody who got into FRC uh, if you lost money. FRC is at zero. What will happen? You will get nothing. Uh, last week, I was pounding the pit to table to try and sell it. And if you had any kind of hope that things would uh, continue, at least sell half your position. Um, I hope that most people got out. Um, it was very clear bank management were absolute morons. You don't hold an earnings call for 12 minutes and don't take questions when you're in the middle of a bank run. People want to be soothed. They want to be consoled. Uh, so what happened? They sold the assets, or, or I should say, JP Morgan took over the assets. So there's two things that are clear. It is clear that JP Morgan will most likely in the short term lose money um, on these assets. They may lose money. In the long term, they underpaid for these assets, and it will make them a tremendous amount of money. Um, it's also clear that the FDIC is going to back every bank institute in this country. So there is no longer a, uh, a bank that will go under and will fail and people will lose their deposits. They are going to back absolutely 100% every bank. That is very clear. They're not doing a 2008 mistake where they let uh, Bear Stearns, even though Jay, uh, uh, Jim Cramer said, Oh, Bear Stearns is fine. Well, Bear Stearns wasn't fine. He said it on a Friday. By Sunday, Bear Stearns was gone. Uh, Lehman Brothers, gone. He said it was fine. Jim Cramer. It's clear that they don't want another situation where a bank fails um, just like we had in 2008. So they're going to back everything. Uh, it's also clear that they want business insurance with the FDIC. They want to include more than just $250,000. Uh, if you are an entrepreneur, if you know entrepreneurs, typically, they need more than $250,000 in the bank in order to make payroll, uh, unless it's a small business. But typically, medium-sized business need more money in the bank. 
So if you're only insuring them for $250,000, they're going to have to spread that out. SoFi came out with a great product for people. Uh, well, they'll spread it out across 20 banks uh, and they'll do it automatically for you. And you're insured in SoFi for, uh, I think it's up to a couple million bucks. Um, so there's been some, some fintech stuff around that. But FRC, absolutely dead. JP Morgan, I won't invest in because of their Epstein uh, ties. I think you can make money on it. I think it's a great long-term stock. I just hate Jamie Dimon. I think he knew about Epstein. And I think, you know, I just won't invest in it for, you know, moral reasons for that. Uh, DPST, how does FRC uh, affect DPST? Well, DPSD is at 631, 632. The buy-in here at 694, you're still in based on the algorithm. I would rather see you trade DPST, a triple levered regional bank stock on the 65-minute algorithm. And you can see ever since FRC kind of started back here, April 17th, where we really started to see that uh, FRC was going to go down. You haven't won. You've lost on all of these. Uh, I think DPST starts to pick it up. You are out of DPST on the four hour on the sixty five minute algorithm. On the four hour algorithm, you're in it, but you're losing. I would I wouldn't say get into it. Wait for confirmation. I think around six dollars. If we go down to six dollars, I think you take six dollars and you, you buy it. Uh, there's a gap up here around ten or eleven that may never get filled. It you know you, this is not a stock that you want to hold on to for a long time. One that you do want to hold on to for a long time that I think is absolutely perfectly fine is Schwab. In the four-hour algorithm, you are out. It, you got in at 57. If you're holding at 57, I hope you didn't get out with an 11% loss. I hope you're adding to this. Their earnings came out. They're perfectly fine. It's a $2 billion bank with, let's see, if you think that Schwab is in danger, they are a two, their banking business is $2 billion. The actual market cap of this stock is $90 billion. So $2 billion is what, 4%? 4% of a company, even if it goes to zero, is not going to take a company down. The insider buys on this continue. Uh, March 28th, director bought $267,000 worth at 53. People are buying this in the 50s. Buy it in the 50s, I think it's a $60 stock. At some point in time this year, I think it's a $60 stock. Um, you know, I don't know when. Could it go back down to the 40s? Absolutely. I just think it's a $50 stock. Uh, I'm sorry, a $60 stock. So I do think that that's one you can hold on to for the long term. Schwab has tons of clients. Uh, my parents actually got upset. Um, uh, my guy, Stewart at Fidelity, is not their client, but uh, they got upset at that they're um, at their uh, advisor at Fidelity. Where did they think of going to? Immediately Schwab. And my parents are in their 80s. They're very smart as far as money goes. They love Fidelity. Fidelity had some issues with them. Um, long story short, they changed advisors without alerting them that they were changing their advisor. Uh, their advisor wound up uh, leaving Fidelity, blah, blah, blah. So they were going to go to Schwab. And not because their advisor went to Schwab, it's because they were upset that they got changed. So I moved them over to Stewart. My personal guy, Stewart, if you want to go into Fidelity and you deposit more than $2,500, uh, transfer over, he'll give you, I think it's 100 bucks or something. Just email me. I'll email him. You get a gift card in the mail. It's a nice little surprise for you. Um, but Stewart is fantastic in, at Fidelity. <clears throat> Let's talk about my weekly stock pick. I know it's Tuesday. If you are subscribed to his newsletter, you know Microsoft is his pick. Here's my take on Microsoft. I think under 300, it's a great stock. I was saying this gap down here needed to be filled. It kind of got filled at 276 down here. Um, you got another gap, though. You have a gap between 278 and 291. This week, um, when you're buying it yesterday, it opened up at 306 at 305. I don't know where you're going on this one. Uh, it it's 100%. They had their earnings. It's 100% Jet Chat GPT and AI hype. 100% AI hype on this one. So you you've got this this um, kind of button hook that we talk about all the time. You've had button hooks on this one. Uh, you know you didn't get out on this 254 buy. You got out way up here at about 285. Then you get in at 295. 
if you're in at 295, <clears throat> um, I might take some. I, I mean, you look at the here's the fundamentals. Um, the PE is 33. The forward PE is 27. The forward PE of Microsoft has been 30. So it's not like it's at an all-time high. Your target price is 325. That's the average target price. You just had a couple of upgrades to 347 and 325. Um, you look at the insider stuff. They're selling at 248. They're selling at 272. The big sales came in September. Uh, that was some from Satya. Uh, 14 million bucks and Amy Hood sold 20 million bucks. That was at 259, 260. So you're above that level. Uh, your 52 week range, you're at, your 52 week high is 308. So you're buttoned, you're right up against that 52 week high. I don't know. His algorithm is great. I just think it's picked some, some stocks of recent uh, that are bumping up against 52 week highs. So I, speaking of 52 week highs, Let's look at the big earnings uh, announcement this week. Uh, it is my Super Bowl. Uh, those that listen for a long time understand Apple. Uh, I have somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 to 40% of my entire portfolio in Apple. It is my savings account. I have held this since 2004. Um, it has made me a great amount of money. I sold for the first time in December. Uh, and it was down here. Uh, I want to say it was around 130 in the, that area. I wish I had held on because we're at 170. But I sold it at an average stock purchase price of somewhere in the neighborhood of one or two dollars per share. So I, I made a great amount of profit on this. It was a uh, to counterbalance some uh, tax loss harvesting that I had at the end of the year. Uh, I'm not 100% upset. I have added throughout this year just based on the dividends um, and, and the dividend repurchase that I do. I buy whenever they give me dividends, you know, a couple thousand bucks each, uh, each dividend period. It goes back into buying more Apple stock. So you can see on this chart, this is a four hour, we have confirmation. It is butting up right against 170. And if we look at Apple, uh, the average target price is 170. The 52-week range is between 124 and 176. You are butting right up against that 52-week high. So what do you do? Zephan in our um, private Facebook group asked, hey, it's butting up against should I before traditional you know, like for earnings, not after they don't want to gamble. So on run-ups, they sell before things. I'm going to give you three three things that in my personal opinion, I think you know. The first is if there are long-term capital gains or if it's in a retirement account uh, and, and in retirement account, there's no tax obligation. Go ahead and trim it. You can trim it. If you think that it's going to go down on earth, Trim it again. Your you don't know it could go to 200, could announce, you know, hey, verbals division all of a sudden got a thousand Our app store, well, we, we wound up growing the app store by 40 percent. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen. That's probably not likely. Let's be honest. Most likely, they're going to uh, announce some type of reduction in cost, they're going to announce. Some type of reduction in Macs, uh, MacBooks specifically, uh, and the iPhones. They're eh, they're okay, but I, I don't think they're blowing it out of the water. There were some production issues. Uh, they're ramping up production of the iPhone in India, so there's probably some in, uh, increased costs around that. Um, you know, again, it's kind of hey, what do you think is going to happen? In my mind, I think your your floor on this one is in the 150s. Do we go back down to the 140s? I don't think so. Uh, but if you're worried going from 170 to 150 is going to hurt your position, um, go ahead and sell. Sorry, had to restart the recording. So um, hopefully, uh, if you do sell, it is something that you're happy with and you can get back in because I do think that Apple is part of a very good, um, a very good uh, strategy. 
Let me make sure that the audio is okay while I'm recording. Sorry, I had to restart the recording. So there we um, go. Um, so again, with Apple, that's the first thing is you can trim your position. Uh, second thing that I want to tell you to do would be to uh, get some covered calls. Uh, you can get so if you own the stock. Um, if it's an IRA, you might not be able to do this because IRAs are typically in margin, not in margin, and you can't do it. Um, but if you get some covered calls, what you could do is sell some some future dated cover calls, and that will get you some premium. And if you sell some future dated uh, covered calls, then you get that premium. If it does go down, hopefully the premium covers your losses or actually pre uh, hopefully protects you. Um, from a huge loss. So covered calls are a good strategy to try and um, retain your, your actual asset value while maybe not selling your asset. Remember, if the price doesn't go down to the actual um, uh, strike price uh, at the time when the contract ends, you continue to hold the stock. You just got paid the premium. So that's the way covered calls works. Do your own research. I am not an options expert. I have done this in the past. I've collected the premium. For instance, in some of my Apple stuff, I've uh, done covered calls that are one year out and I collect the premium for one year and I haven't had to sell because the stock has continued to go up. So that in my mind is a good way to try and get some quote unquote interest on, uh, on stocks that you own that you think will go up. If you think it's going to go down, I don't. I think you should take option one. I think you should take option one and trim it. If you think it's going to continue to go up and your long-term strategy is to continue to hold, covered calls may be your option. Um, uh, the other thing that I want you to look at, and I should say it's three things that you want to look at, not three uh, strategies. But the other thing that I want you to look at is I want you to look at if it this is in a brokerage account. I want to take, I want to make sure that you know there is a, an enormous difference between the capital gains that you're going to pay in taxes for a long-term asset, meaning you've held it for one year, and a short-term asset, meaning you've held it for under one year. Um, some people, like me, are in a 34% tax bracket if you sell short of one year. So if you sell it short of one year and it is a short-term holding, you're going to pay 34% tax. Uh, if this is part of a long-term strategy, I don't. I think you should just hold through earnings and and basically just hold it for at least a year and build up that that portfolio of Apple stock so that if you come to a situation like this in the future, you have the option of selling some shares that are actually long-term. Remember, you can assign, allocate whether these are you, you, when you sell it, whether it's a long-term uh, portion of your asset or a short-term. And remember, if you sell short term uh, and it is a, a loss, or even if you sell long term and it's a loss, you can't buy back in for 30 days. Um, it's a water water something uh, moment or something. You can do your research on that. But there's your Apple. Personally, I'm holding. Uh, I don't have any covered calls at the current time. Um, I don't have any kind of assets or, or things that I'm holding. I do think that I may trim at 170, uh, but I do have those long-term gains. So it's going to be a 15%. I probably have some short-term losses, or I'm sorry, some long-term losses that I can write off against it. Um, if I do, then I can take these small gains. It won't be thousands of shares. This will be, if I trim it, maybe 10 or 15 shares. I'm not selling a large portion of my position at all. Uh, I will sell a short, um, a short amount of this, this at 170 because I do think when they release um, uh, the new watch OS, I think when they release the uh, the headset, uh, the headset supposedly is going to be super expensive. But my belief is that Apple does this right, and they have spent a ton of money on actual um, programs and useful things that the headset will do. So I do think that people will buy it. Even at three thousand dollars, I think Apple's going to get a bunch of fanboys buying this thing. Um, so there's your Apple Apple strategy. Uh, let's talk about Uber. They released earnings this morning. 
Um, it was a loss of eight cents, uh, which is better than the expected loss of nine cents. You can see even in the last quarter, they lost eight cents. Well, where were they at, at the last quarter when they lost eight cents? $36, $37. Right now in pre-market, it's trading at 35. My guess is that this goes up to 37 during the day. Um, the algorithm had you buy in yesterday at 32. I had mentioned back here uh, last week, it dipped under 30. If you bought under 30, you're currently at about 20% 20, 20 gain. Right now in pre-market, it's up 7%. It is a fantastic trade. Um, the CEO of Uber, I was listening to on, on CNBC, their business is up, up substantially. Uh, they asked about airport business. He said to and from the airport, big business. Uh, if you've been in the Uber app, if you use Uber, you know that they're charging for advertising as well. Uh, they have a ton of information on you. Remember, this stock at IPO was a $41 stock that went all the way up to $60. Um, he announced uh, that they will be gap cash flow positive uh, sometime this year. The forward PE is 49. This is an expensive stock. Understand that is an, it is totally expensive. The 52-week range is between 19 and 37. I think when they announce that they go cat, uh, gap positive, I think you see this stock at 40. I don't think that this is a short term unless you want it to be short term. I do think that the hype dies down at some point. I think those $30 shares, I think you can sell them at 36. I think you would be able to get back in at 31. In my mind, I think you hold on to these shares and I think you keep adding under 30. I do have Uber in the core portfolio uh, that I have listed in TrendSpider. I think it's a great stock. Uh, I think uh, the CEO has the right mindset. They want to be the last mile. So you will see Uber um, uh, being the last mile of, uh, of, of transportation, whether it's delivery, whether it's food, uh, whether it's anything, you will see Uber as that company. And I like that strategy. So they announced earnings. Let's go to some earnings that are happening after the bell today. First is Ford. And while I don't like Ford as a company, um, they will announce their earnings today. It, it got a, a cross up here um, at $12.04. $12.04, not a great price in my mind, but it's under the 200 day. Uh, you do have confirmation over the nine day. They have their earnings. Uh, I've read that they will hype their EV. And you guys know what happens when the, a company hypes an EV. Boom, it takes off. So could you see this at about 13, 14 bucks today? If they announce good earnings, you see 51 cents here. If we go over to earnings whisper, you can see the expectation is 39 cents per share. Well, that's down from 50, 51 cents per share. But even if they hit that number at 39 cents, they don't have a huge number to beat. 4.5% um, expected growth, uh, revenue growth, not a big revenue growth. They're uh, union, heavily unionized. So uh, in my mind, I think if they, if they announce that the Ford Lightning has been selling a ton, uh, that they have some new EVs on the, uh, on the horizon, um, and that they qualify for the $7,500 tax rebate, I think you see a good reaction to this stock. But again, I'd rather see you buy it in the $11 range. Right now in pre-market, it's trading at $1,209. If you can get an 11 handle today, I think you'd be good. And at some point in time, it might you, know, you might go back down to 10. But at some point in time, I think you, you will have a chance to sell this up here at this gap at $13.15. You just haven't covered that gap. At some point, that covers that gap at 13 So I think that's a good one. Another good company that's announcing after the, the bell is AMD. Uh, chips have been on a tear. You have a cross up here at 89.26 just Friday. Yeah, Friday it was. Um, the, the RSI is at 51. The MACD crossed up. You do have this gap down here at 75. I think it's a $100 stock. Honest to God, I think it's a $100 stock. AMD, um, I own this one at a significantly higher price. The PE is 101. The forward PE is 20. They're growing earnings. They're up 38% year to date. The average target price is 100. I agree with that. The 52-week range 
is between 54 and 109. I think you see this one come back to this 109. That's That was here in August of last year at the high. I think you see it back there. I just think AMD is too good of a company. And if you think 101 is a crazy, crazy uh, uh, PE, look at NVIDIA, 166, with the same 47 PE forward PE. NVIDIA is up 97% year to date. Uh, it's got barely any dividend. Its average target price is 288, and you're trading at 289. The 52-way range goes up to 290. So am I upset at AMD at, at 90, thinking that maybe it goes to 100 after earnings? No. I think that's a good bet. Uh, Starbucks reports after earnings. This is one that's been on an absolute tear. Under $100, great, great trade. 99.07 back here on March 16th. It's just run too much. Uh, 114. Am I concerned about you know uh, this one going to 120 before it goes to 100? Yeah, I, I mean I'm just not. Your your 52 week range is 68 to 115. You're less than one percent from your 52 week high. Um, it, so far this year to date, it's up 15 percent. It's got a 1.85 percent dividend. Your target price is 112, and you're trading at 114. There's no reason to get into this one. And 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 risk it on earnings. In my mind, again with Apple, with Starbucks, I would probably trim on this one. Honest to God, I would trim it before. One that I think is probably the best earnings play today is ET earnings transfer. It's trading at thirteen. I think you can get it for a twelve handle, twelve ninety four. Uh, just last week, last Friday was the uh, the price. That the algorithm, this is the four-hour algorithm said get in. If you got it down here at 12, you're doing great. Uh, but 12.94 was the price here. Their earnings are coming up after the bell. Uh, specifically, what I want to look at is ET. Let's look at, we'll go to Finviz. Uh, the target price is 16. So average target, it, this is an energy company, oil and, and gas. Its PE is high at nine. Uh, forward PE is high. But you know what else is high? That dividend at 9.53. They will announce a dividend uh, X date. And it's usually, you know, you just passed it here. It's usually just before their earnings. They didn't have one here, but they'll announce another one and you're, you'll get paid out. Most likely they're going to continue to pay a huge dividend. Year to date, you're up 8.7%. You are 5% below your 52-week high of 13.67. So you are bumping up against highs, but I think this one has a good chance of going higher and up to this 1687. I think it gets close up there. Um, let me look at my notes. Look at the dividend. Look at the insider buy. Um, and by the way, their uh, Citigroup was the last one that initiated coverage back in December, and they put a buy at 16. Uh, the only other uh, coverage, Morgan Stanley, overweight at 12, but that was January of last year. You can read some of the articles about the, uh, the ultra-high dividend, how uh, Q1 earnings is expected. But here, look at the insider buying. February 22nd uh, and February 23rd, two days in a row, the executive chairman bought uh, $40 million, $40 million. And you know what he bought it at? $12.99 Yeah. And, and in December, um, the director, Richard Brannan, he bought almost a million dollars worth at eleven fifty five. So I think if you can get a 12 handle on this one, I think that's where they're managing this business to be at. And, and if you, if, even if for some reason the stock winds up just hovering and hanging out here in the 12s, you're getting paid 9.53% on a dividend yield. So- I think that might be the best option for today. Earnings transfer at about the price that somebody paid $40 million for. So earnings today, I think those are the two. Um, let's talk about big short squeezes. TOP top. This is one that was up 3,000% last week. Uh, if we look at it in Active Trader Pro, I'll swing you over here to Active Trader Pro. Uh, right now, it's trading at 56. It closed at 51. Still got some play. Still got some play in that one. Um, another one that is a short sweet squeeze that from last night is GDC. Um, this one is, buh, 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 buh. oh, come on. 
It is GD Culture Group. There's no reason for this one to be trading up in the 30s and 40s. Uh, it went yesterday all the way from, um, uh, let's see, it went from, oh, I don't see the day range. But um, yeah, 52-week high is 44. It said it yesterday. 52-week uh, low of $1.80. Right now, it's trading at 17. It closed at 31. I probably wouldn't get into this one. See if the uh, the volume is expected to be high. It is still very high. So I think you've got uh, some short squeezes there. If you want to see real short squeezes, um, then go over to, uh, you go to stock websites. I think it's um, pre-market movers. Investing.com. And you can see all the pre-market active stocks here. You can see Mullen uh, is up 5%. Our loop, which is the symbol hour, is up 179%. Um, Faraday, uh, which we talk about, FFIE is up 5%. Holes Holding is up 40%. Um, TIRX is up 62%. So you've got options on that one. Just go over there and you can look at that one. That's typically what I do to see that. Uh, some stocks where we have some uh, some swings, kind of like Uber, you know, where I just kind of tell you, hey, this is a good price for this. Sedge, Solar Edge. Um, we talked about this one being $30. Uh, and you can see the line that I've drawn. That's about three. I'm sorry, three hundred dollars. It's a two seventy five. Their earnings are coming up on May third, so tomorrow. I think it's after the bell. Let me make sure it's after the bell. Uh, yeah, post market tomorrow. Um, will they do good? I don't know. I mean, you got this gap down here between two fifty and two sixty. My particular opinion: you buy under three hundred, and then you sell when it's over three hundred. Look at how many times just since November. Uh, you were below 300 here, uh, and you you sold over 300. Boom, you went down. That's one. There, there's there's a sell again. There's two opportunity there. Uh, boom. There's three opportunity there. There's four opportunity there. There's five opportunity there. There's six opportunity there. There's seven opportunity there. And then you know eight times in a matter of six months. That that's not bad if you know as far as the pivot point right there. You're in this trading range. Uh, I would have some pretty tight stop losses trading around earnings, though. It doesn't have confirmation. That's the danger part. Uh, it opened up down one percent at two seventy three. That's the dangerous part right there. Is that it doesn't have confirmation. I'd rather see you buy it under three hundred with confirmation, and confirmation means over the uh, the eight day, the nine day. Now, if you want to use the 65-minute algorithm on this one, Solar Edge, I still think 300 is your buy. This one has you in at 285, but it doesn't have confirmation. Again, it doesn't have confirmation above that nine-day. So uh, the 65-minute algorithm, you can see that, that that line stays in there at 300. Uh, you can see some gaps above. doesn't really have gaps below that are in the near term. The Solar Edge is one. Another one that is uh, coming up with earnings and is below the price target that I kind of put on it is Roblox, RBLX. This is a, um, oh, and I'm going to have to restart the trend spider. Uh, Roblox is a metaverse company. And with uh, uh, Facebook or Meta, however you want to call them, uh, basically saying that um, uh, they, uh, they are out of the metaverse. They're spending. They're, it's a year of productivity and efficiency. Uh, Roblox is the benefit of that. And Roblox is where all of the creators for um, metaverse stuff, that's where they are putting their money in, uh, Roblox, because they, the creators can make money in Roblox. The RSI is way down. It's a 25. The MACD is crossing up. You don't have confirmation in the four-hour right now. You've got this gap up here between 42 and 44. I think that's the gap that gets covered. And I think they what happened here, what created this gap on April 17th is that they announced that their users are down. You know, during the pandemic, this one, you know, benefited greatly. People were spending money, but go and ask your kids if they're playing in Roblox. If they are, under 40. And and, and here's the thing, here's the thing about Roblox. It is expensive. They're not making money. Um, they are price, for every dollar that they make, they spend nine dollars. Uh, so they are not making a ton of money. It's up twenty six percent. The average target price is forty two, though. 
and you're trading at 36. Now, Jeffries on March 10th, moved them up from $30 to $48. Uh, Benchmark Company uh, moved them from a sell to just a hold. I don't know what the F that is about. You can see there's been some sales around 37, around 45. They're typically selling um, anywhere between 35 and 40. And so I think that's where they're managing this company between 35 and 40. Well, you're at 36 right before earnings. So I do think that that's another one that you could play earnings. Again, uh, ET is my earnings uh, play on uh, earnings play today. I do think that that one may be a good one. Your boy here uh, may actually buy it. But uh, Roblox is another one that I thought was a good one. Uh, let's go into some scans. Pfizer. I took this one off of our core portfolio just because I don't like it. But it is beaten, beaten down enough. It's a $45 stock. You have a buy here at $39.17. You have that button hook that I talk about all the time. They announced earnings. They're up 1%, 39.66. The difference between Pfizer and Moderna is Moderna is a one-trick pony. Moderna is 100% just a COVID play. Um, Pfizer, on the other hand, has a, just an asset, you know, just a library of drugs. So Pfizer, I think, is a better opportunity if you're looking long-term. They also have a pretty good um, dividend. It's 4.18. You know, their forward PE is 10, their PE is 7. They're down 23%. They've been beaten down. And it's because nobody, no governments are paying for COVID stuff anymore. So um, you can read up more about it. Uh, there's been a, there was a buy here from a 10% owner of $5 million. Uh, and their cost was only $2.76. That's an insider buy. I mean, you know, they're basically given the stock to continue to hold 10% of the company. Um, XLY, which is the consumer discretionary. This is part of the core portfolio that I have because I do think that this is a great uh, just buy and hold. Um, XLY is the consumer discretionary. If you want to see what's in XLY, Google it. Your boy ain't going to tell you what's in a, a, an ETF. Just know I personally own this one. I own a good amount of this one. I just buy and hold it. XLY is a good one. Um, VTRS came up as a scan as well. This is a spinoff from Pfizer, where if you owned Pfizer stock, they gave it to you. It's been kind of a drag. It hasn't done anything, uh, but it crossed up since I own it and it, it crossed up. I figured I'd bring it up, but VTRS, it's not one that I hold a lot of. I think I own less than $200 worth of this. Uh, I do own quite a bit of Cleveland Cliffs and I bought uh, and I shouldn't say quite a bit. Um, I do own, you know, thousands of dollars worth of Cleveland Cliffs. And it's up here in the 19, I think in the $19 range uh, when it dipped under 20. I thought it was a great buy because I do think that it's a $30 stock at some point. Uh, it crossed up at 1521. Uh, we talked about this one having some insider buys and maybe this being the bottom. Uh, the average target price is 21. So e even target prices, here you can see. Um, $14.96, $2 million worth from the CEO, which is a lot. You had more insider buyers. Uh, director bought $22,000 worth. And the EVP CFO, uh, he bought $100,000 worth. So they're buying to kind of put in the bottom. Just realize Cleveland Cliffs, I'm probably going to buy more because it says to buy more. I'm not selling. I want it long-term. I don't want this one to be a short-term buy. I want it under long-term. It is in my regular account but it's there. Uh, we talked about Pfizer. <clears throat> um, Moderna uh, had a cross up here at 133.37. This is 100% a hype trade. Their earnings are coming up uh, May 3rd. Is it pre-market tomorrow? Uh, pre-market on May 4th. So it's pre-market on uh, Thursday. So uh, it's... You know, they could announce something with their flu vaccine. They could announce some partnership. You got a gap up here about 165. Um, if we go over to uh, Finviz and we look at this one, you can see the PE6. They have no dividend. They're down 25% year to date. Their average target price is 221. And again, they're trading at 133. Problem is it's a one trick pony. The other problem the CEO sells somewhere near about $10 million a day, a day in stock. Uh, and he's been doing this 
for, I want to say two years now. Um, and, and it's a day. It's not even like, you know, he's hiding it. It's $10 million a day that he's been selling. So in my mind, you trade this one, you don't own it. Uh, their, their biggest thing that they need to come out with is the flu vaccine. And they have some promise with it. Uh, in the energy space, uh, Marathon Oil. Cross up here at 2404. You're trading at 2338. They're coming out with earnings. I think it's today after the bell. Uh, Post market today. Um, this is one that I, I don't necessarily, I, I have friends who own this one. I don't own this one. I own enough Exxon and I own enough MPLX and I own enough energy. This isn't one that I've put money into, but it is one that I have traded in the past. I've made money off of this one in the past. It is a, um, uh, Leon Cooperman. Uh, he is one of the billionaires like Warren Buffett. He's touted this one. He owns this one long-term. You know, Buffett owns Oxy. Leon Cooperman, um, Cooperman owns Marathon Oil. Uh, another uh, energy company, I always call it Venom, but it's Viper. Uh, V-N-O-M, this is a small cap, and they do have, uh, oh, let's check MRO's uh, dividend. MRO's dividend is 1.66, so it's not huge. Venom, on the other hand, this has a 3.44% dividend. It is high on the PE uh, at 14. It's significantly high. They have to grow into that because typical energy companies are about like five to 10. Uh, you can see there's been a lot of selling of recent around $30. You're trading at 29.10. It crossed up here at 29.12. Uh, you're trading down 5%. Uh, oh, they did announce earnings. They announced earnings today. Wasn't good. They're down 5%. I don't know that I'd buy it even here at 27. Uh, if you take a look at the energy sector is tough, and I think you pick your winners in the energy sector. But if you look prior to COVID, it's a $24 stock and you're buying at 27. What have they done from, from this date to this date? Probably not much. Rather own Exxon. Um, so Venom of Viper, uh, another energy company that is uh, uh, ConocoPhillips, COP, if I could type up here. I can't type. Uh, COP, ConocoPhillips. This is another good company, energy company. Their earnings are coming up. Uh, it looks like, is it post-market today? Pre-market on Thursday. 102.51. I think you could get this. It's trading for $100.81. I think you get under 100. I don't think under 100 is a horrible price. Um, you're just trading it into earnings. And Viper, remember, they have a 14 PE. If you look at ConocoPhillips, they have like seven. And ConocoPhillips has a 5.21% dividend. It's down 12% year to date. Average target price is 131. Oil's just been going down. So I, I do think at some point in time, uh, oil has its day this year. XLI, which is a spider sector fund for industrials. Uh, this is an interesting one. I, I don't think you trade it. Uh, the algorithm loses you 2%. Buying and holding the asset loses you 2%. It's industrials. You're not going to make a ton of money off of this stuff, uh, off of the, the spider sector. But it's for people who just want to manage risk. Uh, XLI, industrials, is a good one. One that I saw had a cross-up that has been absolutely going nuts is uh, DraftKings. It had a secondary cross-up up here at 22. Their earnings are coming up. Um, let me see. It is May 4th post-market. So it's Thursday after the bell. Uh, your boy sold this one down here around 11. I took a huge loss. I think my average purchase price was around 40. Um, so I took a loss and I sold Apple against it to take the gains. But ever since that 11, I mean, you're up here at 22. You've doubled your money. Since, just since January, year to date, you've doubled your money if you bought here at 11. Um, and I probably would have doubled your money and then gotten back in at 17. I mean, look, 63% gain. So DraftKings, the problem that you have is they're not making money. It costs them a ton of money to actually wind up um, uh, getting customers. Now, uh, AI, this is a hype stock. I mean, this was 100% in January. It's $11 stock. You went all the way up to 30 bucks. Um, and then you got out with 100% gain in February. Uh, you got back in, you wound up losing money. The algorithm 
Uh, it loses you 59%. This is 100% just a hype stock. Hindenburg Research published a short squeeze on a short paper on this one that they don't like it. It's just fake. The CEO, when you hear about him, he talks about Google uh, searches. I'm just not a fan of this one. It has a cross up here at 1843. My guess is you get back down here. Uh, the, the good news is if you wanted to invest in this and you think it's a good business, here's the gap that it just filled between 17 and uh, 18. And the only other gap that's in the near term, there is a gap back here down to about 15. Um, but the gap in the near term, 31. So uh, the short uh, uh, paper from Hindenburg is the trouble that you're going to have with this one. And they're not making money. Uh, let's be perfectly honest. This is a company that's not making money. Um, they are, lost $262 million. March, they were supposed to come out with their stuff. Wolf Research um, came out, underperformed, price target at $14. Their average price target is 19 and they're trading at 18 So it got hyped up there for, with the artificial intelligence stuff. I'd be a little bit careful. I bring it up because it was in my list of things to watch. I just haven't traded in quite a while. Uh, Baba, cross up here at 84.16. Your boy sold out of a bunch of this for a loss in December. Um, I am not getting back in. China just scares me. I'd rather invest in, in something like the uh, K-Web, which is the Chinese uh, ETF. Um, and, and you can see that the algorithm just doesn't really perform all that well. K-Web, you're down 52% over two years. Uh, versus the actual asset is down 51%. So you save 10% just using the algorithm. It got you in Friday at 28 and you're at 27. I just don't trust China stuff. Right now, I just don't think that China is worth the bet. I think there's there's too many other things that are worth the bet. Like this one, industrials. We talked about XLI. Deer, 382 is the cross up. Now, here's what you have to know about Deer. Deer has just been a, a bear of a stock of recent. If we look at a weekly of deer, you can see it's in this ascending wedge, but it's on the bottom side of this ascending wedge. Uh, if you go back to uh, pre-COVID, uh, pre-COVID, this is $166 stock, $166 stock, and you're trading at $385. So it, it just, again, it, it's gotten hyped up. Um, I don't think that it's it's not worth that. Its average target price is 470. It's a 1% dividend. Year to date, you're down 10% on a heavy, this is a $111 billion company, uh, farm and heavy construction material, uh, machinery. Um, the most recent initiation outperformed 440 is the price target. You're at 380. The 52-week range, you're 14% above uh, or I'm sorry, below your 52-week high, you're 34% above your 52-week uh, low. I would say that number needs to get down more towards the 350 price point, and there you're in the middle of your 52-week range before I'd actually feel comfortable buying this one. But 384, it did get the cross up there. Uh, another one that's interesting to me, but I'm not sure I'm actually buying it, is DocuSign. Uh, if we look at DocuSign in the algorithm, it, the algorithm saves you half your money. You lose 42% for, uh, versus losing 80% in the uh, just buying and holding. DocuSign has just been a bear. Um, I, I, it crossed up here at 49.51. The RSI is at 29. You're trading at 48.90. So you're down below that. I don't know that I'd necessarily get into it. Your most recent gap is around the earnings where it dropped. Uh, it's the gap is between 63 and 59. You can see it just any reaction in the markets an overreaction. And again, it kind of came up, but it lost its way and it just kind of continued to go down. I, I, it crossed up. I bring it up. Eh, I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, American express. These are the Dow thirties that are crossing up. American express is just like spy right now. Uh, it's got this ascending wedge where you're kind of below it. And it's got this descending wedge right here where uh, you're just kind of in the middle. The, the support is 155. You're trading at 157. Uh, AXP, I think it's worth the risk here. Um, its average target price is 184. 
you're 13% below your 52 week high of 182. If you're buying at 157, I think you're looking for a 180 price. And I think that's where you look at maybe getting out. Year to date, you're up 6%. Uh, its PE is a bit high at 16. But look at the, the PE of like a Visa, uh, 31. Visa and AXP. American Express, you're going to benefit from increased business travel, increased business consumer. That's where you're really looking for AXP to, to really shine. But I, they're past their earnings. There's not a huge catalyst. I think this is one maybe you just add to your portfolio and hold for at least a year. Uh, and another Dow 30 stock, Nike had a cross-up. I think it's a secondary cross-up. Yeah, it's a continued cross-up. Your initial cross-up was March 31st at 121. They've had their earnings. There's no real catalyst other than maybe there's some, some um, you know, hype from China reopening. Who knows? Uh, but Nike crossed up as well. It's a secondary cross up. Uh, your boy wears Puma and Under Armour right now. So uh, Mercado Libre, Meli, M-E-L-I. This has been a stock that has been on an absolute tear since January. January, the buy-in was 856. You're at 1285. Its earnings are coming up. I think it's tomorrow, May 3rd, post-market. So tomorrow after the bell. Uh, it's an interesting. Uh, play. I just think it's run a little too much. And we can take a look in um, in Finviz. It is one that uh, its PE is 134. This is, by the way, if you didn't know it, this is the Amazon of Latin America. It is up 53% year to date. Amazon ain't up 53% year to date. This one's experienced huge growth. 15% above its 52 level was 600. It's 52 week high is 1337. So you're only 3% below that week high. Again, I think one's running into its 52 week high higher to justify that. Probably, but now I'd probably go Oblox ET those earnings. Finally, GE. GE cross up this stock. God, beginning of the year, you could have bought this in the 60s. It's 101. In my mind, I think anything under, I think you could take this one uh, and buy it for the long term. Uh, I think going 200. This is just kind of referring. The algorithm, if you listen to it, it's great because it makes you 53, just 22% on the actual asset. That's not including this buy-in at 64. Which you're going to get probably close to 89%. Um, so it, it's just been it's a good company, good fundamental. They're finally recovering from the, the, the disaster that was their past management. Um, average target 105, you're bumping up again. So if you stop, I probably won't just run too much. And all of the. Uh, Oh, fun. Third recording that I have to do. So I'll put this all together. Uh, I'll put it in GarageBand. I know I was cracking up there. My apologies. Um, but yeah, just uh, I'll put a list of ETFs and Vanguard funds below. Uh, SVIXI, UDAO, URTY, HIBL. They all got cross-ups. Um, the one that, that I do think is, is worth, worthy of mentioning is VIG. This is a dividend. Um, uh, appreciation fund, uh, Vanguard. It's just an entry point. I don't. Th I. I think you'll probably come back here down here to 149. But 10 years from now, are you upset that you bought at 157? Nah. Nah. You, you know, versus 150, it's not going to make a difference to you. You'll, you'll continue to get a good dividend. Blah blah blah. The whole thing. So I'll put those down below. Hopefully, I gave you guys enough information. I know it's going to be close to an hour. That I talked today. Hopefully, I didn't talk too much. I gave you guys some great um, advice, I think. Hopefully, you agree. Uh, let's talk about the sponsors. If you're paying more than $30 per month for your phone bill, there's a link below for Visible. I personally have Visible. Uh, that's whose link you're using to actually get it. Uh, you'll get $20 off your first month. Your first month on the lower tier, which is the tier that I have, is uh, $25. And $20 off that 
is $5. Get, if you have a phone that has eSIM, test it out. Try it out. Uh, I have an iPhone. iPhone 13 has eSIM. I use eSIM. I didn't, never got a SIM card from them. I don't care about a SIM card. Um, I'll just use the eSIM. And it's great. It's perfect. Uh, I go to stadiums a lot. I don't get deprioritized. If you're worried about deprioritization, take the upper one. I think it's uh, $35 a month or something uh, instead of $30 a month. So your first month is $15 and then you pay $35 after that. I don't, I don't know exactly, but if you're worried about deprioritization, the top one, I don't think it's deprioritized until you hit like 50 gigs or something. Um, and look at your usage on your current plan. I guarantee you ain't using 50 gigs. So uh, other uh, sponsors, TrendSpider, if you like the charts, if you like the algorithms that I use, if you like the price points that I do, uh, if I'm on vacation, you can use TrendSpider. That's where I get all this information. That's where I get all my ideas from. Um, so TrendSpider, uh, there's a link down below. Use it. You get a free seven-day trial. DSP25 saves you 25%. Uh, join our Facebook group. The link tree down below has all of the socials that I'm on, Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube, all of that stuff. Join it down below um, and, and you can sign up for the newsletter. I don't do a newsletter right now, but when I start, when I get unlazy, you'll get access to the newsletter. If you don't have any socials and you just want to email me, my email address is down below. Uh, I'll respond to you. I'll let you know if you have any specific questions. I may address that on the podcast or I may just email you if it's a crazy one. If you're one of those day traders who says, hey, I've got this penny stock and it's going to explode. Yeah, I ain't going to address that on the podcast. I'll probably just email you back that you're crazy. Um, so it is what it is. But uh, taking a look at the market, Apple is up 0.6. Amazon is up 1%. Uh, Merck is up 1%. I'm looking at the core portfolio that I have here. Uh, Microsoft is up 0.8%. Qualcomm up at 116 at 0.84. Uber is at 34. It was up at uh, 36 almost. So it's down a little bit. Tesla is up at one, well, a couple of percent. Tesla, uh, I continue to say it will cover that gap. If we look at this one, I think you're going to cover this gap down here uh, to 147, but you did have a buy-in at 163. You're trading at 164, so maybe I'm a little too late. Uh, United Health almost up over four uh, 500 again. Remember, your boy bought in at 485, added more at 485. You still got this gap down here to 474, so be a little bit careful. But long term, I'm holding that one for long term. I'm in it. I think it's between 480 and 485 is where my average purchase price is. Um, so Exxon, by the way, I'll, I'll mention Exxon. Exxon's an interesting one because Exxon is the exact example. You had earnings, you hit up against 52-week highs, and now you're just dropping. So if we look at Exxon, um, Exxon had tremendous earnings with gas on average about $75 per barrel. And their PE is 8, their forward PE is 11. It's a 3% dividend. They are buying back a tremendous amount of stock. But you can see this multiple top up here at 117. Well, the 52-week high is 119. The target price is 128. You can see downgrade Goldman to 125 is their price target. The reason it's 125 is they just think there's a cap here. You're at all-time highs up here at, at 120. So probably would have made sense to trim some up here in the 117, 118 range. Even at 112, probably makes sense to trim. You can see this gap all the way down here to 109. If you cover this gap at 109 and you're below this 200 day, I'm adding in your ex-dividend date is your next catalyst on May 15th. And again, it's a three point something percent dividend. So you can always get into it. But again, I, I think there's better um, opportunities in the, uh, the energy space, specifically the one that Exxon is rumored to be willing to buy, uh, PXD. They had their earnings. They have a huge, huge dividend. Uh, this one got you out on the algorithm. You're covering this gap down to 209. It's a 212. Um, your boy here, average purchase price around 208, I believe, um, PXD. Wait till you see this dividend. It's 10.69%. That's why I hold it. I'm holding this one for long term. I if it dips under 200 again, your boy's going to buy it. The PE's not crazy. It's at 7 and 9. They're going to continue to make money. And if Exxon is going to buy them, 
they're going to buy them at this at least target price of 254 at least 254 and maybe pioneer doesn't sell even at the 254 so maybe exxon has to spend a ton of money and buy them at 300 dollars but pxd is one that i'm i'm bullish on as far as the energy space Right now, it's just, you know, look at that, $5.91 a share, $5.21. You know where they're putting that money? They're putting that money back in the dividend in the shareholder's pocket. They're putting that money back into the, the, the stock by repurchasing stock. So PXD is one that I like. Okay, I'm done. I'm going to go edit this together. Take care. Have fun. I will talk to you guys tomorrow.